You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. And uh, right now, it's my very great pleasure. As I say, we we are doing a a series on Exodus, and it's going to continue this morning via the voice box of Jay. (laughs) I was just looking at the ground and just enjoying it. Just come on, we're a lover of his presence. We're a lover of his presence. And I do love singing that over and over again because it just reminds me of who I am. And there's such security in knowing who you are. And I looked down at the ground and I didn't see some crazy psychedelic carpet. I just saw glass. And I was just reminded of Revelations, verse 4. It says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like the the emerald encircling The throne. Isn't that an amazing picture? Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and pearls of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass. Like crystal. Also, sorry, in the centre around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in the front and in the back. They looked like the lion, the ox, the man and the eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was, was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory, honour, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honour, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created, and have their being. We get to join with that. We get to stand on a platform or a foundation that is heaven. That is the position that we get to glorify God from. We give him glory because he is glorious. We stand before him and we sing holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. And we don't get tired of doing that because that is who we are called to be. We sing because we worship him, but we also sing to remind ourselves of who he has created us to be. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. God, we breathe in your love this morning, Lord. We breathe in all that you are this morning. We've had so much fun worshipping you. And we thank you and we adore you for all that you are. 
And because we know you, we breathe you out. And we show your love to those around us. Thank you, thank you, thank you this morning, Jesus. Hello. (laughs) I know we've been fairly quiet this morning. It's been a fairly quiet morning. But I have my running shoes on. So you know that things are going to get stirred up a little bit, don't you? Yeah? You ready for it? Spirit of the God is just hovering this morning. But he is hovering because he is wanting us to see things from a different perspective. Leanne said that. Let's just continue to allow him to stir our spirits so that we can rise on the currents that he has provided. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jay. I'll introduce myself before I get too excited. Um, And I'm one of the leaders here and it's just such a joy to be able to share with you this morning. As you may have noticed, Rob and Maureen aren't here this morning. They're preaching in Athelston. So if you get a chance, shoot up a prayer for them. And Chad is still in Manila. He went last, we went last weekend and he just decided it was so good he'd stay a little bit longer. <laughs> no, it was always planned. Um, so last weekend, I don't know whether it was shared or not because I wasn't here, um, but we had the opportunity to preach into a church camp in Malaysia. It was a bit more like a conference than a church camp, but it was held at a water park, so I said, yes, I will go. <laughs> it's the middle of winter or the start of winter, and um, you're telling me I can come, be in 35 degree heat and go to a water park and preach? I'm in. Um, and then Chad has, uh, I came home after that, and Chad has gone into Indonesia, and he's been preaching in a place called Medan, and then he's back in Malaysia this weekend. So he'll be home tomorrow and exhausted, I'm sure, because he's been preaching a lot. So he may not talk to me for days. So call me. <laughs> I'll need to use my words on someone and my children are getting sick of me. So just saying. <laughs> you know, all of us in this life are on a journey. Part of mine and Chad's journey at the moment means that we get to visit these different countries. But for you, I don't know what your journey looks like, but all of us are on a journey. In order for us to walk out our journeys in the natural, we need to take different modes of transport, yes? For me to get to my local shops, I've got two options. I can walk, well, actually I've got many options, but a couple of the options are I can walk, I can ride a bike, or I can drive my car. However, To get to my house, uh, to get to the local shops, I have never had to catch a plane. I don't need to jump on a boat. And there's no train that goes between my house and the shops. For some of you, you can catch the train, the cockle train. Um, But for me, that's not an option. And I don't know if if financially any of you think that that's a viable option anyway. (laughs) True? So in order for us to journey in life, we need to be able to access different forms of transport. For some of us, what I did last weekend, going and catching a plane to go to Malaysia, is not something that you could do easily. For me, catching a plane is very easy. I've been doing it my whole life. It's not something that I have to think about twice. Do we need to get to that destination? Does it require taking a plane? If that's the case, then I'll go. Not everyone's able to do that. 
For some of you, fear stops you from doing that. Oh my goodness, did you see what happened to Malaysia Airlines a few years ago? I ain't hopping on no plane. Can I just say that when that happened a few years ago, I was on a plane. I was in Kuala Lumpur Airport ready to get on a plane and they're showing it on all the TV screens. You'd think that they would shut it down and not tell anybody. But no, we are lining up in these queues and people are quite literally freaking out. In fact, my plane was almost empty. So many people have cancelled. Fear can hold us back from going into certain destinations because we haven't known what it is to grow up travelling on planes. Finances can also hold us back. For me, if God says, go to this place, I know he will provide. I don't even think twice about buying a ticket. I don't think, well, I wonder if that will get paid, that will get paid, that will get paid. I just know because of experience that it will, that God will cover those expenses and that if he has said go, I can go. And I just get the sense this morning that as we talk about the life and the journey of Moses, this is going to relate to Moses. You're not all sitting there going, how is she relating this to Moses? It's totally going to relate to Moses. But God wants to extend your reach. God is wanting you to fulfill the journey that he has planted deep within your hearts. And he's wanting to release you to trust in more modes of transport in order to get there. Are you ready? So I've got to say, going to Malaysia last weekend, normally I have no problem getting on a plane. But lately, we've been travelling with something called a 20-month-old. And about a month ago, we were on a plane to New Zealand, and that 20-month-year-old put the fear of God in me when it came to flying. You know, when you get on a plane with a baby, people look at you differently. There is a look that says, if your baby makes a sound, I am going to be furious. You better keep that baby quiet. People who would normally be completely friendly to you just stare you down like, don't you even dare let that child cry. And I tell you what, as a mum, I do everything in my power not to let her cry. There is food galore. There is food that she is never allowed to eat. She is totally allowed to eat it on the plane. There are toys galore. We have stamps all over her. We have stamps all over me. We have stickers all over me. We have stickers all over her. It is do whatever it takes to keep her quiet. Well, on the trip to New Zealand, she was not quiet. In fact, both Chad and I had walked up and down the corridors and we were stressed by the time we got to New Zealand. And the problem with this is, we were doing the will of God. Can't I keep my kid quiet on the plane? So we got to New Zealand and it took a bit for us to kind of pull ourselves back together and to preach at the conference that we were supposed to preach at. And so I've got to say, in the lead up to Malaysia, I was kind of like, God, do you really want me to go? I know there's a water park and I know that there's people waiting, but God, do you really want me to go? And so the time was coming up and I'm like, yes, I must go. I'll be faithful. I said I would go. I've paid for the ticket. I've got to go. Chad and I will cope. And so we're pushing forward. 
And then a week before we go, I get knee pain. And any of you, I'm sure there's many of you in here who have had knee pain, know it is quite debilitating. Every time I'd go to get up, it would collapse underneath me. That's how extreme the pain was. And I'm like, God, how do I get on a plane, keep a child quiet and put up with knee pain? So a couple of days out from going, from flying out, I thought, I'm going to see a physio. Maybe he can give me some exercises. I don't want to see a doctor. I don't want to be given drugs. I want to see a physio so that I can work my way out of it. And I've been praying. I did pray first. Anyway, I... um, I went to the physio. The physio, after a long period of time, said, I actually think it's your back. And here's a letter to take to your doctor so that you can get some strong drugs to get on the plane. I'm like, oh, that ain't an option. For me, I just don't know how I'm going to react to those, etc., etc. I'm like, that's not a good option. So I hold on to that letter and I think, maybe I can go to the doctor and get a certificate for my insurance agency that says that I can't possibly fly. Yes, I was trying to get out of flying. And and after thinking about that for a day, I just knew that it wasn't an option. There was fear in my heart going into KL for a few different reasons, but God had called me on a journey and I was to be faithful. Um, And to be honest, he was faithful to me. The pain subsided and has been much better. But I say that to say that I want to walk you through the life and the, and the story of Moses and expose some of his journey to you and expose some of his encounters with glory that we can live from a different position in our journey. Are you ready to come with me? Beautiful. Could you So the life of Moses. Moses was born to really faithful parents. We know that, don't we? Chad preached about it on Mother's Day. Really cool message. I I think there was a bit of a mess up in recording, so none of you can listen to it, but um, maybe I'll get him to preach it again one of these days. But Moses was born to some really cool parents who preserved his life despite the fact that their lives were under risk for keeping him alive. He had a very faithful sister and brother who made sure that he was kept safe as he journeyed down the Nile River. We know that story. He's in the basket and he journeys down the Nile River. Now, I don't know who he has been into Africa, but I used to live next to the Nile River and that river is crazy. That was a crazy journey that his mum put him on. But such was her faith. Moses reaches the arms of a woman, Pharaoh's daughter, and she takes him in faithfully. These, to me, are the beginnings of Moses' glory encounters. They're supernatural wonderings of people protecting his life and preserving his life because they can see that he has potential. Do you know all of us see that in babies? I think there was a picture... um, just the other day of a, a woman, I don't even know what country was it in, but she was breastfeeding a child whose parents had recently died in a car accident. And because of their conflict in nationalities and the war that was going on in the nation, she wasn't supposed to be. 
But what mother in this space could reject looking after a baby? None of us, because we value the lives of babies. But you know what? Every baby becomes an adult. And we need to put the same value on an adult that we put on a baby. These faithful people uh, released this child into his destiny. Moses grows up in Pharaoh's household. He's comfortable. He's given everything he needs. Whilst the fellow Hebrews are out slaving away for the Egyptians, he's there eating, drinking, dining. He's enjoying a lavish lifestyle, one that he doesn't deserve. He's brought up in a kingdom that he wasn't born into. That's a picture of something to come, eh? And then Moses, knowing that he was comfortable in this situation, realises there's something, there's been some encounter that he knows within him that he is designed for so much more than that. Remember, he's living in comfort, he's living in joy, he's living being fed and drinking and he's not having to slave away, but he knows, somehow he knows that he is destined for more. And so he does something. He goes, I need to rescue the people, my fellow Hebrews. And so he does something. What does he do? He murders an Egyptian. And all of a sudden, he is awakened to what God is releasing in him. All of a sudden, he realises that if he is to fully step out in faith, the people he thinks are going to be for him, yes, you killed the Egyptian for us, yes. Actually, they're not so impressed because by him killing the Egyptian, they get punished. He doesn't get punished. They get punished. And all of a sudden, Moses is awakened to when you step out in faith, there can be a bit of backlash. Has anyone ever stepped out in faith? And gone, oh, that wasn't quite as easy as I thought. Oh, I'm on a plane to New Zealand about to preach the word of God. And yet my child isn't really as good as she was supposed to be. Stepping out in faith, sometimes there's some backlash. And so Moses does what every normal human man and woman does. He's tried fighting, so he flees. It's the fight or flight reaction. It's normal. He's tried the fighting, and so now he is flying away. He is running away from the situation, and he runs into what every good man and woman run into. He runs, and he finds a wife, and he has a family, and he does what we are designed to do. He does the normal, natural thing, but he's not living in the plans and purposes God has destined for his life. And so we see this in the name that he gives his son. And I'd written it down, but I've actually left that at home. You can look that up. We can see that his heart, what is on his heart, what is on his life, is not fully being released because he's just not fully happy. And so God, he's heard Moses. He's heard the Israelites back in Egypt. He's heard their cry for help. And so he tests Moses out. And he puts inside a bush a fire that should not be there. A sign that makes you wonder. And Moses goes up to that bush. He's like, why is that burning? And out of that bush comes a voice. Now that's a cool glory encounter. What do you think? 
Yeah? Who would like God to speak in a burning bush? I kind of would. There are some real questions that I have and I need answers for. I'd like a burning bush. So Moses goes up to this bush and out of it, God speaks. And he says, this is what I want you to do. He reveals the fullness of the plan that he has for Moses. Moses becomes clearer in what he is to do. And yet he stands at that bush. There, it's a burning bush. He stands at it and he goes, well, but who am I? kind of makes me question things because I'm like, well, you're the person God's speaking to out of the burning bush. Like, isn't that enough? And you know what God's response is? As Moses says, who am I? God says, I will be with you. God doesn't even give in to his questions because God created him. I created you perfectly. We read about that just now in Revelations 3, didn't we? He says, you are worthy, O Lord, and God to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. God didn't even give him an answer because God just knew who he was and he knew like justifying everything wouldn't help. And some of us need to hear that today. God's saying, this is what I've got for your life. And you're standing there and you're going, but who am I? And he says, I will be with you. I think they are the greatest words. And so Moses, out of that, gets up in obedience, takes his family, goes back into the land of Egypt, and through relationship with God, through continuous glory encounters with God, he comes and he releases them from the hold that they have as Israelites in the land of Egypt. He doesn't just release one, or two, or three. He doesn't just release his family. In fact, the really cool thing about this story is, is that his faithful family members get to help and get to be a part of the deliverance. Isn't that awesome? This is, I think, is it 40 or 80 years afterwards? Is it 80 years? It's 40 years when he first has the encounter, and then it's 80 years. This is 80 years Who's disappointed because they're over the age of 80 and they don't feel like they've lived out the full plans that God has for your life yet? You know what? Don't be. 80 years have come and gone. And now his brother and his sister get to help in the deliverance of the Israelites, in the deliverance of a whole nation. All through these awesome glory encounters. When Moses was first at that burning bush... He asked God a question like, how will I know that this is you? And God said, one day you will be back at this bush. One day you will be back at this mountain because he was at the bottom of Mount Sinai. And you will have fulfilled the plans that I have for you. It's something like that. You guys, when I preach, you have to go back and read to just make sure that I said the right things. Because I don't want to lead you astray. Okay? Chad? He tells you everything is the truth because he's got an amazing memory. Mine is getting there. It's growing. Thank you, Jesus. But so we're back at the mountain and the glory encounter that Moses has really changes. Now he's up the mountain. Now he has the hand of God 
writing on stone and just explaining the things that are to take place. The Ten Commandments are written out. The idea for the exact pattern of the tabernacle is being released. And Moses comes down from that mountain. He's not even able to look at the face of God. He has to hide in a rock as God is speaking. And he comes down from that mountain and people can see the glory of God all over him. He's a faithful man. He's obedient. And he's living through the experiences of God's goodness and God's glory. As God reveals himself... He is able to listen, obey, and be faithful. And the really cool thing is that we have a greater experience. Let me read this to you. Hebrews 3. I'll turn there eventually. I've got a new Bible. Who can never find anything in their new Bibles? My old one was falling apart. I thought, it's time. I've just got to do it. And you know what? It's blue and it's got a bird on it. And a gold bird at that. Anyone who knows me knows that that's, that's important. Highly important. All right. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Have we got it together? Have you got your Bibles? Open up. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters. Do you know what holy means? Set apart. Perfect, beautiful creations of God who share in the heavenly calling. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful to all of God's house. Jesus had been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Moses was faithful to God. God is more faithful to us. In the time between Moses and us, he sent his son, Jesus. And the awesome thing about Jesus is that he created a new way, a new order for us to relate to him. Leanne was kind of broaching on that this morning. Moses was given a set of rules and regulations, and this is how you are able to approach God. Jesus cancelled that. And the only rule we were left with is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I do that by accepting Jesus. It is Jesus who made a way. Now Moses... He's up on that mountain and he has these visitations with God and God releases to him this picture of a tent that he wants built. And so Moses is faithful. He brings down the pattern and he actually says to the people, in in other ways it's been 
You must obey this. You mustn't do this. You must do this. You mustn't do this. When it come, came to building the tent, Moses said, if you are willing, bring gold, jewels, linen, wood, all the things that were needed to build the tabernacle. If you are willing, bring. And after a while, Moses had to say, stop bringing. We don't need any more now. And then Moses said, if you are willing, you creatives, you builders, those who can follow these plans, will you come and will you be the ones who create this sanctuary, this replication of heaven on earth? And so faithfully, the creatives come and they inscribe things and they make things and gold covers everything. And there is such a beauty about it. And it is in that place that God rests, that God has his home, that he has a dwelling on earth. And Moses can no longer just step into his glory. Moses, like the other priest, has to get permission, has to go through the processes. God has created a greater dwelling. He has created a better tabernacle. And just like those people that were given the opportunity, would you like to be a part of this creation? We are given the opportunity, would you like to be a stone in the house of God? Would you like to be a living stone? Would you like to make up the tabernacle here on earth? Would you like to be my heaven on earth? And would you like the presence of God to come and to always stay in your midst? Isn't that awesome? What a great position to live from. We're not called to go and to meet with God so he can give us assignments. We are called to dwell with God permanently. Now, the first covenant, this is Hebrews chapter 9, had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room with a lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This place was called the Holy of Holies. This place was actually called the Holy Place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the Most Holy Place which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. I think I need Leanne's glasses. This Ark contained the gold and the jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded and the stone tablets of the Covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover, but we cannot discuss these things in detail now. <laughs> Amen. You guys can go back and study the tabernacle. It's awesome. Study the individual little parts of it. And just allow God to release to you what that means for your life. Verse 8. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. 
they are only a matter of food and drinks and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Guess what we're living in? New order. But when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. Verse 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? My standing before Christ is this. My standing before God is this. That as I accept all of who Jesus is, as I obey that first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and accept that Jesus died for my sins, everything that Jesus is, is now within me. So God looks down from heaven and he sees me as holy. He sees me as pure. He doesn't hold my shame and guilt against me. He sees me as glorious. He sees me filled with glory. That is who I am. I stand on a foundation of heaven because I have full permission to walk in heavenly places. I stand in a position of glory because all that is within me is supposed to be released for those around me. I love him because he first loved me. But I love him and I adore him and all that is in me is him. And you know, as we accept all that he is into us, those other things, there is just no space for them. You can't live in light and darkness at the same time. As soon as the light is switched on, darkness flees. As soon as well, what if I run away from God? Go try it. The light switched on. You know, even as Christians, we come into such a place of condemnation. Am I a Christian if I'm here and I'm never going to church? Well, yes. Are you in right standing with God? Have you accepted Jesus into your heart and do you love him with everything? No one can take that away from you. What about if I'm standing over here? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Well, what about over here? What if I'm not fully walking out in the wills and the ways of God? He loves you. And it's as we experience his overwhelming love that we come to fully understand who we're created to be. We can stand in all of these positions and we are loved. We are accepted, we are chosen, we are free. But did you watch with the story of Moses that as his journey increased in needing faith, so his expectation and his experience of meeting with God face to face increased? Fire is fire. A little flicker on a candle is fire. A humongous big 
bonfire at Mattinelli's house is fire. This puts out a little bit. This puts out a lot. They both cancel out darkness. See, our position and our understanding and our experiencing the love of God, it's okay if this is who we are. It's okay if a little flicker does you, if that's what you enjoy. (laughs) But we are all created to want more. We're all created to grow. We're all created to expect that we're going to push the boundaries, that our journey is going to take us way farther than we have ever imagined because that's who God created us to be. You know, at the moment, Chad and I, we get to travel into all these different places and it's really exciting. And you know what my heart says? Despite all the obstacles, I'm like, I want to experience more God. And I don't want to just experience it just for me. I want to experience it because there is a great rising flame as you get to go out and have these experiences. Oh God, you've got a beautiful group of people over here at Bayside and you guys are beautiful. Can I just say, I'm looking out, you guys are awesome. You are beautiful. You are stunning. If I had to spend every single weekend right here, I'm 100% happy. I am 100% in his goodness, in his glory, and I absolutely love it. But if I also get to meet these people in this Malaysian church over here and see the people that God has called them to be and experience all the troubles that they go through and pray with them and see God just change situations, well, that is a glorious place to be too. And I'm so excited that God gets me to put a feet in both edges. I get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I tell you what, physically, I get tired. I get really tired. I'm a mum of four. Let me tell you, there are expectations at home that I don't get to just put aside and, you know, love, someone else will fix that. But it's worth it because there is an excitement and there is a joy and his glory increases. Sorry. I did not realise how cold it was going to be today. And so my body is fighting the adjustment. (laughs) Glory. God's glory. Can you guys, if you're sitting next to someone, just snuggle up against them a little bit. All right? Fan into flame. See, did you just feel that your flame got a bit hotter because someone else was next to you? Have you noticed that? Push the wood together. Ellie's on her own. Wait a minute. Bit of... Whoa, a bit of fire over here. Have you ever noticed that when you push wood together in the fireplace, it burns brighter? I was trying to, I was up at four o'clock Saturday morning and so I'm like, I don't know where the heater is. I'm going to try and make the coals of the fire burn again. But I had no like kindling. So I was trying to do it with like big pieces of wood and a few pieces of paper. All the men in this room would laugh at me. And probably a good percentage of the women as well. But um, <laughs> I'm puffing now, I'm sorry. When we come together, we can do life separately. But when we come together, we burn brighter. We burn hotter. We inspire one another to do greater things. You know, sometimes we think, I can't do that. This is my restriction. And then you come with another person. This happens to me all the time, especially with my children. I go, I can't do that because I've got kids. And then you come alongside someone whose kids are a little bit older and they go, 
what's stopping you? And I'm like, this, this and this. And they go, seriously? And then all of a sudden you're like, seriously? What's stopping me? You know, sometimes we're so much caught up in the moment, we can't see the big picture. And that's why we have each other. That's why we burn brighter together. And it's kind of fun to burn brighter together. All right, I'm going to wrap it up soon because it is a long weekend and we do not need an epic long preach this morning. I want you to leave with this. Are you still rubbing up against each other? Come on, I also want you to experience real Holy Spirit burning this morning. He's within us. He doesn't leave us. You don't have to come to church to get the Holy Spirit. Just spend time in worship and sidle up to someone else and just experience his goodness. I'm just enjoying the giggles. (laughs) Glory. You're going to remember this so easily. What is it? Exactly. (laughs) It's like a rainbow. You try and tell me when a rainbow is going to come. You can't. Maybe after it's rained. Maybe not. They just appear. And you go, whoa. God's. Love and light obtained by us to be released, like living waters, John verse 7, released for you. Why? It's for you and for you and for you and for you. How do we live out of God's glory? We allow his love and his light to shine into our lives. How do you do that? Well, there's so many ways, but just by spending time in his presence, in whatever realm that looks like, spend time in his presence. God's love and light obtained for us. It's there for you to enjoy. (laughs) And it's there to be released. Why? For you. On all of our hearts, When we know the love of God, you should be looking to the people around you and going, for you, for you, for you, for you. I will allow God's love and light to be obtained and released for you and you and you and you. That is our everyday journey with God. (laughs) Get more of God's glory, Tiffany. It's for you. It's for you. Come on, let's raise our hands this morning. Who's needing a fresh blow of the Holy Spirit? Who's needing some oxygen to come onto the fire? You can stand up if you want. Let's just lift our hands and worship God. God, we are so thankful that you are the God who loves. You love and you love and you love and you love and you don't require anything of us except that we accept your love. You love, you love, you love, you love. And your love is glorious and it is pure. And as I accept it, I become a glory releaser. God, we release your love. We release your light. Father, fire up your flames this morning, Lord. Fire them up, fire them up, fire them up. Because we are called to more than this. 
We are called to walk out your journey. We are called to come to the end of our journey and to look you into the, in the face and to say, we have finished the journey that you gave us. Father, we are vessels here. We are heaven on earth. Will you just show us how to appropriately release that? In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Today, I give you full permission to walk in the authority and the value that has been placed within your life. No longer looking back and questioning who you were created to be, but absolutely standing 100% in the full authority that I am God's and he created me valuable. God desires that we become a powerful people, a powerful nation. And we don't do that by continually looking back and trying to like fix up everything. No, no, no. We do it by looking into the face of God and just running straight into it. You're a powerful people. You're a glorious people. He has anointed you. Go out, preach good news and see people set free. (laughs) You guys are awesome. You know what? We could wrap it up with a song, but I actually feel like we should just wrap it up with a hug and let us go. Let us have coffee and really enjoy it. I would love a coffee and I will really enjoy it. And let's have a really good weekend, rubbing shoulders with each other, touching family members, just enjoying each other. You good with that? Amen. We'll see you next week. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.